hey guys, how are you? I wanted to let you know before the show starts, we are running a pretty exciting contest. The contest is built for you, which is fun. I think you're going to love it. Hopefully you all take part in it. And more than the, the prize at the end of the contest, more than the prize that we give you, because we do give you a prize, the journey, the process that you will be on is more than enough reward. So we're running a $1,000 to shredded contest, which means two winners, one male, one female, will each win $1,000. I should call it the $2,000 to shredded contest. But the $1,000 to shredded contest. And the criteria will be based upon your transformation over a three-week period of time. And it's any three weeks between now, today, April 24th, when you hear this, although... The contest doesn't officially start until May 1st, but I will grandfather you guys in because you're listening right now. And I'll give you a 10% discount if you use the code 1K2S at thedolcediet.com. That'll give you 10% off, and I'll know you're automatically enrolled. You'll be some of the OGs in before everybody else. But here's the beauty of it. It's any three-week period. Between the beginning, which is today, April 24th, and the end, which is July 1st. So as you start the process, your body starts to change. You make amazing results in the first three weeks. The average user of our online diet program is losing 14 pounds in a three-week period of time. Now, that's average based upon all users in the system. 300 plus pound men and and 100 or less pound ladies with any experience, background, health history. So that's the average. We've seen those that are more compliant, that follow the program to the T, that live the lifestyle, that do the things that we strongly suggest through the system, have lost in upwards of 20 pounds in the three-week period of time. Now, mind you, three weeks to shredded was created to lose one pound per day for 21 days. Now, that's extreme, of course, extreme weight cutting, and it's certainly not advised or endorsed, but it is one aspect that we use to jumpstart weight loss or to peak for competition. The beauty of three weeks to shred it, it is medically sound when we approach a nutrient perspective. We ensure as many of the vital micronutrients are available to you The meals are delicious and perfectly calibrated for what you need. Now, this is where some of the lifestyle suggestions that we make come in about periodizing your training, and we give you the programs to do that in the online system also. So it's a complete program that you, in any three-week period of time between now and July 1st, can win $1,000, of course, 
get promoted and all that fun stuff, you know, through social media and let everybody know what you've done, what you've accomplished. So one male, one female, it could be one household. I mean, it could be um, mom and dad or brother and sister or whatever the deal is. Um, You guys could certainly enter together and motivate you together. And how cool would that be? You know, maybe we'll put a little something in there for family too. We'll have a family category. I like that. It'll have to be at least three people. Um, anyway, I'm just coming up with that as I'm talking to you right now. I think that'll be nice for, for some of the families out there for everybody to get behind it. So that's what it is. It's the $1,000 two shredded contest. Go to the Dolce diet.com. Click join now, click get shredded and start because you've heard this, you get grandfathered in April 24th, the contest, you'll see nobody will know anything about the contest except you guys until May 1st. That gives you a little jump start. Um, gets you in the system, and uh, hopefully we get to get you guys shredded too. Summer's coming, and we thought this would be a fun way to get you guys excited, get you engaged, give you a goal, give you a deadline, give you a very specific path and process to get there, action steps laid out, I mean, making it easy to get in shape for summer. Everybody, welcome to the Mike Dolce Show. Just me today, all alone in my office slash studio slash consulting room slash war room. What am I looking at right now? A photo of Tiago Alves. Big photo hangs to my left of Tiago on the scale on the undercard of. Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz here in Las Vegas. Tiago went out there and got a amazing knockout victory. Good, tough fight. To my right, I have the jersey from Team Sonnen signed by the entire team. That was Sonnen versus Jones, and I was proudly a part of Team Sonnen. Team Sonnen's coaching staff on that Ultimate Fighter. Also, Team Melendez jersey hanging up. And uh, happy to have been a part of that coaching staff with Gil and Jake Shields and some other great guys. We also have a photo from UFC Fit. And the photos are are blown up. They're kind of half wall size. So picture a large conference room uh, with some very well-done professional blown up high-res images of some of these amazing action shots. So this is shot on the set of UFC Fit. It was shot off to the side um, while we were actually filming. And uh, some of you may have seen it. It, It's the entire cast. You can see the entire cast. Uh, Myself plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine other fitness professionals. And we're all doing a, a Superman jump essentially. So we're floating in the air and, and super fit and the whole backdrop of the production set, pretty intense. Um, also, we have our in-body 770 bioimpedance scale. It's a great tool to keep an accurate, um, accurate measurement of progression in weight loss and lean mass composition. We think it does, does a good job of calibrating from itself uh, with a high... Um, percentage of accuracy. So really cool to have that. Very useful for the clients and the athletes that come through here. 
and then uh, the big conference room desk and chairs, uh, eight chairs in here, six around the table and two over in the corner. Um, also, what's cool is I have a, is it a double mirror or a single mirror? So the mirror that goes outside this room, it faces onto the training floor and it's one way. So it's like a police mirror uh, to a degree. So the, the athletes and students training, they just see a great gym mirror. But me from here, it's like dark sunglasses. I can kind of see out and, and through and watch the activity going on, which is really cool. A nice little green plant sitting in the middle of the conference table. Um, big potted green plant over by the laser printer, which prints out the InBody 770 results. Uh, massive whiteboard. Um, it's kind of a, it's a dry erase whiteboard with paper. Um, like there's a paper attachment so you can flip the paper like on an easel, um, which is awesome. And that's just, uh, so what I'm looking at right now on this board, I wish I could show you guys is a keto carbohydrate chart and we were shooting a video here not long ago on the difference between ketosis and zero carb or very low carb or low carb, all of which are confused, massively confused, and you guys might be confused also about what that is. So what is, what is ketosis? People don't know what ketosis is. Ketosis it is a metabolic process in which your body uses stored fat, essentially ketones, as its primary fuel source instead of your body using glucose, the expressed form of carbohydrate. Carbohydrate gets stored as glycogen, gets expressed as glute, glucose as the fuel source. That's simply, in a nutshell, what ketosis is. Ketosis is hacking your body so it functions on a completely different fuel source. Now think about your, your car runs on gasoline. Perfect. Now what happens if you put diesel into your Honda Accord engine? Crashes, breaks down. What happens if you put corn oil into your gas tank? Crashes, breaks down. So the complexity of the human body to change from one energy system to another energy system should be appreciated and respected and understood. Unfortunately, it's not. So most people confuse ketosis as some form of lower carbohydrate diet. They think because they eat 40 carbohydrates or less, which I would call a very low carb diet less than 40 carbohydrates a day. And those carbohydrates are typically ancillary to basic food sort, broccoli. You're getting a couple carbohydrates or cauliflower or asparagus. Uh, you're getting a couple carbohydrates from there if you're doing it properly. And most people are not eating those foods with regularity when they're trying to get to that low carb ketosis diet. Simply what most people do, they just start eating protein and fats. They start eating cheeses. They start eating um, steaks. They start eating chickens and fishes and eggs and avocados, all fine at their, all fine in their place. You can't let them get outside of their role. So most people, they follow a lower 
carbohydrate intake, eventually trying to get to a very low. Now, I would consider a low carbohydrate diet, consistently low carbohydrate diet, to be 150 grams of carbohydrates or lower. So between 150 and 40, but high end 150. So 150 would be the average, hopefully not below 120. That would be a low carbohydrate diet. A very low carbohydrate diet is below 40 grams of carbohydrate per day. Now, some believe that you can achieve ketosis by consuming 40 grams of carbohydrates per day. Some can, if done perfectly, if done very well, monitored and maintained. Most don't. It's very difficult. And from a physiological perspective, some can't. A good majority can't. We're talking about a very complex metabolic process here. Remember, switching your car from gasoline to corn oil, we're doing, we're, we're trying to do the same thing with the human body. Now, the benefits of attaining ketosis are proven and not refuted. And I don't refute the ability to lose an exceptional amount of body fat in a rather efficient manner when it comes to timeline and deadline. The days are used efficiently in the melting of the body fat. But there's a trade-off. The trade-off is in performance and cognitive function and to many degrees comfort. It feels like you're dieting. It feels like you're dieting consistently and you can't perform in some areas nearly as well as you had previously or when you were carbohydrate fueled. And when we talk about carbohydrates, most people, they get mad because we eat grains. We eat steel cut oats and oat bran. We eat quinoa. We enjoy these products and we see dramatic health benefit and performance benefit and emotional benefit from this lifestyle with no detriment, no detriment. You can't show me any, any valid, oh, that's, now here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. And I like having this conversation with you. With the resources and intent, we can get a team of very intelligent scientists to prove a point. And we could get that same team of scientists to prove another point that is contrary or competing to the original point. So we could say, brown rice, excellent form of low glycemic carbohydrate consumption. We could also say brown rice, very difficult to digest, causing digestive inflammation. That concept, those two headlines in Yahoo News will completely change your perspective of food and of ingredients. And this is where everything goes so wrong. And this is the reason why that we try and, and teach and educate and speak in the manner that we do. We're trying to wave away a lot of this, this BS that's out there, the misinformation, because it's copy, it's headlines. God, they have to print something new every day about health and fitness. And how many times can they say 
eat a diet of earth-grown nutrients. Just eat real food. Eat real food every meal every day. Let's start there, people. Come on, let's not get too crazy. Real food. Every meal, every day. And let's start eating and thinking based upon activity. Drinking some water. Are we fueling for what we're about to do? Let's think about that. Or are we recovering from what we just did? Do we have a high calorie output today whereby we need a higher fuel intake, carbohydrates and fats? Or we have a lower intake today where we can keep our fuel intake lower, lower carbohydrate, lower relative fat intake. Because carbs and fats are fuel, fuel ingested. So we become more mindful. That doesn't sell copy. That's boring quick. But it works. So the lure of keto, the lure of of paleo, the lure of metabolic, the lure of Atkins, the lure of zone, the lure of what we call the, the rigid and the exclusionary meal plans, they steer you off course, which is why two-third of the American population is overweight or obese. And that number grows, grows. It's going, it's escalating. It's not reducing. So all the information that's out there that people are following by the millions, people are following that stuff by the millions, tens of millions of people. But it's not having a discernible effect. It's not a long-term effect. And we focus on long-term here. Short term for sure. You can, if you can actually get into ketosis and maintain a state of ketosis for 30 days or so, you'll see a a pretty significant loss in body fat and change. If you follow it perfectly during that time, you will have to alter your performance. You can't train as long nor as hard. Very difficult to think. Business projects, meetings such as that, resorting to the need to consume exogenous ketones. So now I have to leave my body, leave my food sources, and I have to go and get some supplements, some product, good products, nothing wrong with the products. But now I have to go and supplement just so I can feel good, just so I can think, just so I can talk to my wife or write that business proposal, or get my mind straight so I can focus on a 30-minute workout. I don't like that. I don't like that. That right there is a huge red flag for me. And anyone who's ever tried that or got to ketosis knows what I'm talking about. They all talk about, oh, they, God, they just feel like shit. They couldn't get out of bed, and they couldn't clear their head, and so tired and fatigued, and they got to go and take the shot. Take the drink and then get perked up for another 30 to 90 minutes or so before they kind of the wave comes and they crash again. That's not ideal. That's not optimal. That's not optimal. That's not how we do it here. Now, we certainly do use all forms of nutrition protocols while following our tenets, our principles of number one, eating only earth grown nutrients. We only eat real food in great variety great variety in its natural form, as close to as natural form as possible, unmolested by man, we say, to the best of our ability, as close to the source of consumption. I want want an orange pick 
from the tree in my backyard. I want to pull a salmon out of the stream on the, the end of my property. That's ideal. That's what we're shooting for. That's our first principle. We're trying to attain that state. So forget everything else for a minute. If we're only eating real food, that's fresh, that's in its natural state, minimally prepared and processed, just booming the ripest tomatoes, the freshest strawberries, that's what we're shooting for. We want to be consuming that in great variety. So we achieve a maximal intake of micronutrients because each amazing product has its own unique fingerprint, has its own unique profile. So we can't just eat spinach and kale, spinach and kale, spinach and kale every day and say, I'm healthy. You need to expand that threefold, fivefold, tenfold. You need to get that as wide as possible. Maximizing micronutrient intake the way our bodies operate at a cellular level. We have that down. Step one, principle one. Principle two is we're eating every two to four hours based upon activity. And people are like, oh, Dolce, you can, you'll can lose the same as in eating two meals a day as if you're eating six or eight meals a day. You could prove that for sure. You could prove the other way. You could prove one is more effective. Both are equally effective. And I've seen great studies proving it all, but I'm telling you what works. I'm telling you what works. For those of you living and listening right now that want to just follow something that works, I'm telling you what works. You eat every two to four hours. It's either a meal or a snack. Why do we do this? We're eating until we're satisfied, not until we're full. That's number three. We're not overeating. We're not overwhelming our digestive system. I don't want to eat a 2,000 calorie meal. I don't want my body to have to deal with that. I want to eat lighter. I want to eat 400 calorie meals. I want my body to be very efficient at digesting and absorbing the nutrients that I'm consuming. And I want to be eating for my activity. I don't want to be overeating and storing. I want to have just enough gas in the tank so I can sprint through these next two to four hours with high energy. I don't want to feel slow and sluggish as my body's trying to digest bigger meals. I want to be fast and light and quick. My brain's sharp. My mood level. So we're eating real food, earth-grown nutrients every two to four hours based upon activity. We're eating until we're satisfied, not until we're full, not overwhelming our digestive system, being very efficient, being very social. I'm eating all day. I feel awesome. I got a a bowl of macadamia nuts and figs next to me while I'm here sipping on my black coffee and my bottle of alkaline water. Not bottle. It's actually in the thermos. That's that's. That's how it is. That's what's up. I'm living it right now. I'm living exactly what I'm telling you guys right now. I'm living it. That's all you have to do. So now we'll go back to the the keto concept. And again, I'm not refuting the benefits of ketosis for certain segments of the population during certain periods of time. But the average person doesn't need to be in ketosis. The average person cannot get to ketosis. The average person doesn't understand what ketosis is. 
The average person just likes to say ketosis. So you guys want to build muscle. That's what I've been getting questions on. Muscle, 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 you fucking meatheads. You want to get jacked. You want to get yoked. You want to fucking put on mass. Well, let's talk about that. So those listening right now, I'm going to fucking blow your mind in a few ways. The first way is you're training too much, too often, and not hard enough. And you're like, fuck you, Dolce, as you're zooming down the highway in your Honda Civic. Fuck you, Dolce. I train hard, bro. I go ham. I did fucking 10 sets of leg presses last night, leg extensions, walking lunges, Smith machine, feet forward, pigeon toe squats, hack squats, Jefferson squats. And I did 30, 30 minutes on the, uh, the, the treadmill. On the stair stepper, sideways. <laughs> I go hard, Dolce. I know you do. <laughs> it's funny because some of you train like that, and some of you know people who train like that. You see, I see people at the gym who fucking train like that. I am out of the gym before their tenth set of leg presses. They're there for three hours, and I could leg press the weight that they leg press. Plus the machine, plus them sitting on the machine. I could put that on top of a leg press machine. And I could leg press that that for reps. Because they're training inefficiently. And that's what I'm going to tell you guys how to train efficiently. Number one, multi-joint compound movements. Boom. What Now, what the fuck is a multi-joint compound movement? Well, think of... <laughs> Think of the the title, multi-joint, so at least two joints, right? Compound, working multiple areas of the body, multiple muscular systems, multi-joint compound movements, of course, now we're, we're moving, so that makes good sense. Typically done body weight, dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, sandbags, Med balls, weight vests, bands, chains can be used any sort of apparatus that adds load, adds intensity, which is resistance. We're adding resistance in some movement pattern. The best movement patterns are the movement patterns that use the most amount of muscles. Much more efficient training. Instead of laying on my back and doing bench presses, I want to be standing on my feet and doing overhead presses. Does that make sense? Who's, where are we using more muscles? By far the standing overhead press. The standing overhead press translates to your bench press dramatically at a very high percentage. The bench press translates poorly, terribly, terribly to your overhead press. The bench press is an isolation motion movement more than anything. The overhead press is a full body movement. So we're training three days a week or four days a week, and there's two ways to do it. You can do a push-pull Monday and Thursday. You push Tuesday and Friday. You pull. That's one way to do it. Or you can go full body 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, hitting all areas with preference to one on each given day. So what does that mean? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm training the barbell, low bar back squat, then standing overhead barbell press, then uh, bent over pendle row, um, then weighted dips, then chin-ups, then core standing pull-down abs. That's an amazing workout right there. Go replay that again and do that workout tonight and do your squats, your overhead presses, and your pen lay rows at 80% of your relative one rep max in that movement and do it for five sets of five with a 60-second rest in between each set. The dips and the chins do body weight only to technical breakdown. That's not failure. Technical breakdown is when your form falls to shit. We stop, especially on dips. Once you're not a perfect piston pumping pounds of pressure through your pecs, you stop. Too much going on in that shoulder region. And be careful. If you can't dip properly, push up. Excellent exercise also. Pull down abs, anywhere between heavy fives or even triples up to 50s. That's up to you. Try that workout. Just try that workout. And then Wednesday, do the same workout, but add five pounds to your overhead press. And then do the same workout on Friday. And on Friday, add five pounds to your pen lay row. And then the next week, you jump back in, you can go through a three-week cycle of that same exact workout, which is efficient, or every week you can change. Instead of the low bar back squat, I'm going to do a front squat, front four, five by five at 80% of my one rep max. Instead of the standing overhead military press, I'm going to do close grip um, barbell incline presses. And instead of the pen lay row, I'm going to do RDLs, Romanian deadlifts, five sets of five. Um, does that make sense? I think so. I hope so. I'm trying to, I mean, that's how basic it is, ladies and gentlemen. And it's the intensity implied, the intensity applied during that session, during that workout. That's what changes. And the progressive overload, adding, you're adding weight, you're adding weight. You're adding weight with perfect form, technical breakdown. We train to technical breakdown. Don't go past that point. There's no need. The risk to reward ratio swings dramatically, dramatically to risk once we train past technical breakdown. If we put your progress on a line graph and if we put a dot every time that you were injured and we tracked your lack in performance, lack of time in the gym, lack of moving forward because of these small little injuries, time off, breaks, and we overlaid a chart had you never missed the gym session of the three days per week. Have you never taken that time off? We have deload times, high intensity, low intensity, 
but we're always thinking of periodization. We look at our training at a a 12-week, six-month, three-month, three-week schedule. So then we're calibrated. We know exactly what you're trying to accomplish in three weeks. So I know exactly what I need to do this week, which makes me know what I need to do today, and actually right down into this set. So it becomes very easy to curate progress. Consistently, we're increasing intensity in some capacity. That's adding more weight to the bar with perfect form. That's adding more reps to the set with perfect form. That's reducing time it takes to finish a set or the rest period in between sets, the total workout time, total tonnage moved. So we're keeping that in our minds also as we're building mass. But that's all you need to do. Ladies too, because I know ladies, a lot of you ladies is cool. I mean, we get a lot of women in here now at Dolce Fitness that want to build muscle. They want to get thick. They want to get curvy. They want to be feminine. They want to be strong. They want to be functional, which is fucking awesome. And this is how we train the ladies too. We train them like athletes. We give them that respect to train them like athletes to be at their full potential because who doesn't want to be at their full potential? Yeah, you want to look good naked, but... You should be able to do something with that body too, not just look good in the selfie standing in the mirror. That's, that's not cutting it. So this is, this is our style of training. And of course, we have different goal sets during the three-week, month, and, and such periods of time. It, it's amazing the results that you get off this. And this is, this is what you should be doing, ladies and gentlemen out there. Fights. Who watched the fights this weekend? I did not. So I'd love to hear exactly what happened. Let me uh, pull that up right now. You, okay. I do know Al Iaquinta had some uh, headlines about him. This poor dude. He's making 26 and 26. 26,000 to show, 26,000 if he wins to fight in the UFC. And that's... That's an in, as an independent contractor. Sign the contract. So does he get to, um, yeah, looking at little pieces of that right now. 26 and 26, he also is a successful real estate salesman. He probably makes better money doing that at his own time on his cell phone, sitting on his sofa with his family, brokering deals than he does getting inside the octagon and fighting the world's most violent professional athletes. I mean, that's really what this is, a high risk. And he said that. And he's getting kind of bashed a little bit for it, but he's 100% right. And I know he knocked out Diego Sanchez. And um, this is an MMA Junkies article, Al Iaquinta destroys Diego Sanchez with combination of right hands. Um, and there's some nasty photos uh, this is off the MMA Junkie website, and so I'll give them credit, of course. And that was in round one. So 90 seconds in round one, Iaquinta goes out there and knocks out Diego Sanchez. And a lot of the controversy, some of the controversy is, I mean, thousands and thousands of tweets and retweets about it that I've seen, and this is all coming from my Twitter stream at the Dolce Diet, that he didn't get the performance of the night bonus and is... Raging Al <laughs> pissed off and told the UFC to go and bleep themselves, go Ted themselves, we should say, right? Um, it's interesting, you know, is, is it entertainment? 
the, the kid's a great fighter. He's fun to watch. He probably he deserves a hell of a lot more money than he's getting, um, in my opinion, for sure. 26 and 26, God darn, to fight some of these guys and, you know, girls out there. Um, that's not a lot. And you think about what you do because it's 26, 26. Let's say you win two, lose one. What does that come out to be? Uh, 26 and 26 is 54. So you win two, 108, and lose one, 128, 136. Let's say 135. So you're making 135 grand a year if you're fighting three times a year. And if you're winning two out of three fights at that level is difficult. So that could swing drastically. That 134 could jump down to 75 real quick. No, no problem at all. And during any given 18 month period, I'm sure it's less than a hundred grand. And that's pretty much the way these, the fights work because the athletes, they don't fight three times a year. Very rarely do they fight three times a year, every single year for as little as five years. And think about your job. Think about your job over the last five years. Think about your salary and your salary swing, but also think about what these guys and girls have to do to go out there and get paid. Iaquinta was out for over a year, I think, with uh, a knee injury, ACL replacement. That's no paycheck. So you have to have that massive hedge fund. You have to save one year of salary for every year that you fight. So half your salary, you have to put into a savings account. God forbid you don't fight next year. Your, your opponent, and sometimes your opponent gets hurt or misses weight, like happened to a Donald Cerrone when uh, uh, Kelvin Gastelum missed weight in New York. Doesn't, doesn't get paid. Now, the UFC usually is pretty cool with that, and they'll usually take care of the athlete who gets screwed. I've seen them do that many, many, many times. Um, that, that doesn't get, get out there enough. Although, I do think Ayakinta should be making more. How much more? I don't know. 50 and 50? I think 50 sounds like a pretty good minimum to guys like Ayakinta. Now, if you're giving some kids some shots, 10 and 10, because these kids are making two and two elsewhere, if they're lucky, two and two, Give them a shot, ten and ten. Maybe it's a two fight deal at ten and ten. I'm, I know, I'm doing UFC's business for them now and all the athletes and whatnot. But maybe you know it's a two fight for ten and ten, and then if they're good, they're promised. Then they jump up to the twenty tier. Then it's you know maybe it's it's twenty then thirty. If they get through that, then they jump up to the forty and fifty tier. And slowly every two fights, it's these ten you know ten k increments. But you can wash guys out a lot quicker too. That's, and I think this falls back on the athletes. If athletes want to get paid more, sure, higher expectations. You could be two, it's only a two fight deal now. You could be two fights and gone because I'm going to bring in that kid right behind you. The legacy champion or the, or the king of the cage champion, the RFA champion or the, the, the ring of combat champion. Because they're there too. And there's probably 30 of those guys chomping at that guy just above him and guy or girl chomping at their heels. So bump the pay tier up a little bit. The athletes can progress faster, make more money faster, but they got to perform. They got to perform. And you go one and one and you're ready to resign a contract again. You might not get brought back. Pressure, pressure. But there will be athletes that can run through those tiers like an Ayakinta and will have the loss. But it's like a guy like Diego Sanchez. Look at the way that guy fights and, and loses. If he goes 0-2, he's moving up another tier. And that's, you know, not this version of Diego. That's another conversation. But guys like that, athletes like that. Um, Clay Guida, you know, back in his day, Tyson Griffin in the early days. 
Um, of course, the guys like, you know, Frankie, but you know, that's just different because Frankie's, you know, win percentage is, is so high. Guys that go out there and they go and they fight, Chris Lieben, guys like that. Who doesn't want to watch a Chris Lieben fight? So that's, that's just my thought. I thought that was interesting. And uh, what do you guys think about that? We do have the Dolce Diet Certification Course and Nutrition Conference. That's actually next weekend, May 5th, 6th, and 7th here in Las Vegas. Uh, pumped up about that. We have a great group of individuals um, from around the country. Once again, actually out of the country, um, international cast is, is coming through, uh, which we always love. So cool to get this this energy in the room. I get so freaking pumped up about it. We have a great event scheduled. Uh, we have a, a nice list of speakers and guest speakers who are going to be coming in to help specifically on the branding side, the business side, the building side, the communication side how to get your message out, how to reach a larger, larger segment of the community that you're trying to connect with. So we have that built out. We call them modules. The entire day is built into, we have 14 hours of instruction, and it's about 20 specific modules that we build into those 14 hours of instruction. We have a tremendous amount of breaks, of course. Um, every 45 minutes or so, we're breaking, we're shaking it out. Coffee flows all day. Um, I buy everybody lunch um, at Fruits and Roots right next door, which is uh, an amazing cold press juicery and cafe that happens to be right next to us, you know, in the, in the, the Pace Plaza in Las Vegas. And also our good friends at the Baguette Cafe uh, right off of West Sunset. So some of the best coffee, oh, best coffee ever um, at the Baguette Cafe. Amazing um, organic farm to table, fresh juices and smoothies. And the whole family is, is working behind the counter, putting everything together. So I'm, I'm fantasizing about the food. We hook you guys up. We take care of your food. I mean, of course, bring your own special, you know, all that good stuff. And then we go, we go hard, we have fun and uh, I'm pumped up. So those of you that are coming, I can't wait to see you guys. And if anybody is still interested, we have a couple spots left, not realizing Cinco de Mayo, which is, you know, cool. Um, so just go to dolcedietshop.com and uh, check in and see if the link is if the link is still up. Get your tail out of here. We got another week or so to go, and uh, we're pumped up. We're looking forward to it. All right, guys, I appreciate you. This was fun. I enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, let's let's do this some more. Until next time, don't count calories. Make calories count. Boom.